Good morning. Uh, no, good afternoon. I tried it again. Good afternoon. All righty, all righty. I'm thrilled to be back here once again. Uh, it took a lot to get me back. I've been extremely busy. Uh, I've had, within the last 30 days, I've had nine funerals. I'm going to one tomorrow to Chicago is the reason why the announcement was made. Um, there's a great need there. I don't know how many respond to it, but I was a little uncomfortable even making that appeal to Iran, uh, but it's a real genuine need, a serious need. Um, and so I trust that you had respond to the request. Um, but the Lord leads you and guides you as we go into his word now. Amen. Uh, let's look at our scripture test text again. Um, Genesis chapter 47. And I bring you greetings from the Glenville Present Truth Seventh-day Adventist Church. Not the Bethel Seventh-day Adventist Church, but the Glenville Present Truth Seventh-day Adventist Church. Amen. <laughs> Genesis 47, verse 13. I want to go down to 16, perhaps. And there was no bread in all the land, for the famine was very sore. So that the land of Egypt and all the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. And Joseph gathered up all the money. I want you to underline it in your Bible. He gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the corn which they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. Underline that, please. And when the money failed in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, and all of all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in thy presence? For the money faileth. And Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle, if money fail. And they brought their cattle unto Joseph. And Joseph gave them bread in exchange for horses and for the flocks and for the cattle of the herds and for the asses. And he fed them with bread for all their cattle for that year. Father in heaven, as I speak on this subject, I ask and pray for guidance and directions of the Holy Spirit to lead this message, to guide this message, to direct this message, that we may hear what we need to hear, glean that which we need to get, hold fast to that which we hear, and be saved thereby from this message today. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a question for you. How many here really believe that your money is going to fail? All righty. How many really believe that these green dollar bills are going to fail? 
Raise your hand. How many don't know? Raise your hand. How many scared to raise your hand? <laughs> they are. I want to share something with you in way of introduction. Uh, I don't think anyone in here today don't have some of these. Called credit cards. You don't have them? Wow. How many more don't have credit cards? Is they the only one? Two, three, four. All right. Now, I want you to look at what's going on in our world today. There are some places will not even must take cash. A debit card or credit card will do, but not cash. We are on our way to a cashless society, which is a fulfillment of Revelation 16, when you cannot buy nor sell. All right? Now, the theory behind a cashless society is that they want to give it all the dirty money and all of the terrorists. But that's not true. Come 2020, you and I have to have a special ID and they're working on it as we speak. Every one of us will have a special ID card. You cannot leave the country. You cannot come in the country without that ID. So you and I will be monitored. If you got a smartphone, that's why they call it a smartphone. Every time you turn it on, they can tell exactly where you are. Now, they use another theory about inflation. Prices go up with inflation. That's not true. Inflation means the value of the dollar goes down and you have to spend more dollars to get other things, the things you need. I remember and recall when I was a young man coming up in the south in Louisiana that I could take $10 to the grocery store and couldn't bring the bags home. I take $10 to the grocery store and now I might get two items. We are entering into a web like she's talking about in that children's story today that we need some help. And the help that we need is to shun debt as though leprosy. Amen, walls. Uh, the reason why I have a credit card, because of the benefits of a credit card. But if you got a credit card, pay it off every billing cycle. No interest if you do that.
And so, the money will fail. We got too much debt. They're printing too much money. And if I didn't knew y'all had a scream like this, I'd have did this on PowerPoint today, but to show you some graphics, to show you what I'm talking about. But next time I come, if I come back again. But anyway, um, we are entering into that well, like that fly with beating its wings. Eventually going to get tired. We're going to get tired of beating our wings. We need a savior to save us from ourselves, from our debt. Our debt is sin. I like to get a little help every now and then, a little amen every now and then. Amen? amen. That's just a little help, you know. It helps me talk to you a little bit better if, I get, if you talk back to me. Is that all right? Amen. All right. Now let me share with you what I really want to share with you today. <clears throat> I want you to get your Bibles and look with me here. <clears throat> there was seven years of plenty, and there was seven years of famine. And right now we are living in the in, in, in the time of plenty, but it's not going to always be plenty. And the Bible is our best interpreter of what's going to happen in the very near future. I lost my mic. All right, y'all can hear me? Okay. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And for us to be able to discern what is about to happen and what is happening around us, we must go to the word of God for directions. We are headed into a dilemma that we need to know what the word of God has to say about this dilemma. Now, I'm going to read those same texts to you from the good from the clear word Bible. Is that all right? Amen. All righty. Verse 20. Follow me in your King James. In that way, Joseph brought all the property in Egypt and turned it over to the state. So all the money that you and I have Going to be turned over into the state where you and the money will be controlled by the state. Every family in Egypt had to sell their land in order to survive. And soon it all belonged to Pharaoh, the state. From one end of the country to the other, Many people were not working for the government and were not much better off than slaves. Verse 22. The only property that was not bought by the government were those owned by the priests because Pharaoh had ordered the priests to be fed from his own gardens so that they didn't have to sell their land. Verse 23. 
When the people came to Joseph again asking for food, he said to them, since you have nothing more to sell and you're already working for the government, I give you food and grain on the following conditions. I'll assign you a piece of land which belongs to the state and you work it. The only stipulation is that you pay one-fifth of all you reap will belong to the state and four-fifths will be yours to trade for food, for your wives, and your little ones. Now, this is the punchline, verse 25 and 26. The people said, that's a deal. That's when you can't buy nor sell. You have saved our lives. You have virtually given us back our property. For this we are grateful. We want you to tell Pharaoh that we are willing to be his slaves. When that time come, when our money fell us, what would you and I do then? Would we sell out? It's a question that we need to ask ourselves today because that time is coming. Why the money fail? It's when the money is taken out of circulation and it's going only in one direction. It causes the money to fail. Now, don't be hoodwinked. It's a reason why they changed the $100 bill. It's a reason why they got rid of the $500 bill, the $1,000 bill. It's a reason for that. They're trying to get the old money out of circulation from what they're saying, but they're trying to get money out of circulation. And when money is out of circulation, you go to plastic. They can control the plastic. Uh, the dope dealers won't use plastic. The terrorists won't use plastic. But the ultimate goal behind the curtain is that Satan is working. This sermon today, I won't finish this, but I got another, I got two more parts of this sermon. Hopefully one day we'll be able to share them with you. And when money fail, when the economy fail, it caused depression. It caused the fear of death and starvation. And when you fear for your life, you do some stupid things. Nobody said amen. It's the truth anyhow. Amen. Look at this passage with me. I want to stay here just for a moment. Verse 
14. And Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land. In the land of Canaan, for the corn which they brought, and Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. Pay close attention to that text. And when money fell in the land of Egypt, in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came unto Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in thy presence? When the time come, when you cannot buy nor sell except you have the mark, you will say the same things in this text. Why should we die without the mark? For the money faileth. It was a very, very timely children's story. Had a lot of substance to it. And I hope and trust that it was not a children's story, it was an adult, it was everybody's study, story. So much so that I'm going to ask her for a copy of it. I've seen something in that story, that I'm going to build me a sermon around that story. Can I have a copy? All right, all right, I'm good now. Now, We seem to be lax, sleeping, and slumbering, and the devil is still in a march on us. We seem to be in a stupor. We seem to think everything is all right, but it's not. Time is running out on us. And we building houses and we building things that we think we're going to be here forever. Don't be deceived. You are not. You know, at the funeral yesterday I had, they were talking about all that he did. He was a registered nurse, and he, he had this, and he had that, and he had the other. But when we went to the cemetery, to Clearview Cemetery yesterday, all there was a bunch of cars behind there. I didn't see any of those things, those accomplishments or achievements in the casket with him. Only what you do for Christ will last. You are not going to take anything out of this world other than your character. And it better be like Jesus. Because if you don't have a Christ-like character, and if you don't fly when Jesus comes, you're going to fry. Either you fly or you fry. Make your choice. We are to build a Christ-like character. And you build that every day. In prayer, in Bible study, and telling somebody else about the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Testimony of volume 9 said, there will be no starless crowns in heaven. This is the thing that really puzzled me. 
If what you have is not doing good for you, nobody else wants it either. You know, you got too many Christians who, who look like sad Christians. Melancholy Christians. A Christian, a Christian have joy because they got Jesus. He is joy. He gets you excited. People don't follow people who look sad and mopey and gropey and down all the time. They follow people who are upbeat. On their way going somewhere. We're on our way to the kingdom land. We're going somewhere. Now if you're not planning on going anywhere, you can look that way. Because anybody's going to follow you. But if you plan on going to heaven, you've got to get some excitement. Some joy going on in your life. Amen? Now look at verse 18. Now the first year they came to Joseph and they asked for food. Now this is the second year here. And when that year was ended, they came unto him the second year and said unto him, we will not hide it from my Lord. How did our money is spent? How did our savings accounts, our bank accounts are gone? I'm going to say this kindly as I could. I had a little talk with my two sons. I brought, I brought both of them to my house, put them at the table, and we had to talk. Uh, we have a few pennies saved, but y'all won't get them all. Well, what you mean by that, Daddy? We mean that we're going to put our money in God's cause. We're not going to leave money here for you to squander. So we put all our money in 3ABN. And told 3ABN to give this one 25%, give this 25%, and you take 50 Why? They're spreading the gospel. The word of God can go clear around the world in 22 seconds. That's what you call heaven investment. So every soul that 3ABN win, woo, my money is going in there. Put your money in the heaven's bank. Amen? No rust get to it. No moss get to it. No, uh, no thieves get to it. It'll be used to save souls in the kingdom of God. We put money in in the one for Cambodia. One pastor's salary. One pastor's salary. He can live off $100 I send every month. Hello. But he's going out every day preaching the word of God. Amen? Put your money where it counts. 
your saving account. You know, it took me a while to convince my wife that let's not put our money in the bank. Let's put it in 3ABN. We had a little piece of change in the bank, and we got a statement saying 12 cent interest. 12 cent? Are you serious? 12 cents? 17 cents? 21 cents? I said, this is crazy. I put my money in 3ABN. Every three months, I get a check, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars return. Hello. And mine's going to a good cause, and not for a dirty cause. I don't know what the bank is doing with my money, but I know what 3ABN is going to do with my money. And I'm not campaigning or promoting for 3ABN, but I'm just trying to make some sound sense today. Stop investing your money with bags with holes in it. Amen. I knew I wouldn't get an amen on that one. That's all right. Because some of us got a little piece of money, you know. Let's go to verse 20. And Joseph bought all the land of, the, of Egypt from, for Pharaoh. For the Egyptians sold every man his field because the famine prevailed over them. So the land became Pharaoh's. And my sister said something that was profound. <laughs> it was very profound. Uh, we had a family house in Louisiana. And they wanted to build the Interstate I-49. And this house was something that we had talked about. We we're going to keep in the family until Jesus come. And they came through with I-49. And we said, we want this price. They said, no, we're going to pay this price. But this is our property. It's been handed down from years and years and years and years. So we don't care about that. We're going to give you this. They took the property. It had our name on the deed, though. You and I don't own anything in this life. Even our life is on borrow. Because you have been bought with a price. Verse 21. And all the lands. You can skip 21. Let's go to 23. Then Joseph said unto the people, Behold, I have bought you this day and your land for Pharaoh. Bought them in their land for the government. I hope you get this today. Here is seed for you, and ye shall sow the land. Take their land, buy their land, buy them, now give them seeds to plant in their fields. Then they go plant the fields, then he want part of that. Then he'll charge them taxes on top of that. So you're owned by the government. 
get the picture? <clears throat> Verse 24. And it shall come to pass in the increase that ye shall give fifth part unto Pharaoh. And the fourth part shall be owned for the seed of the field and for your food and for them of your household and for food for your little ones. Now this is the thing that really troubles me. Verse 25. When this time come for us, listen at verse 25. And they said, Thou have saved us. Thou have saved our lives. Let us find grace in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. When that time comes for us, what will we do? What will we do? Patriots and Prophets, page 129 says this. God has always tried his people in the furnace of affliction. It is in the heat of the furnace that the dross is separated from the true gold of the Christian character. Jesus watches the test. He knows what is needed to purify the precious metal that it may reflect the radiance of his love. It is by close testing trials that God disciples and discipline his servants. He sees that some have power which may be used in the advancement of his work and he put these ones in, up on trial. In his providence, he brings them into position that test their character and reveal their defects and weaknesses that he have, that has been hidden from their own knowledge. He gives them opportunity to correct those effects and to fit themselves for his service. He shows them that their own weakness and teaches them how to lean upon him for he is their only help and safeguard. We need him. We need him. Can't do without him. Amen. Uh, some of you may have seen this. this is on TV. Uh, Peter Schiff, uh, well-known investor, uh, former senator of, of, of uh, Connecticut, said this in January of this year. The fast money Wall Street traders panel on CNBC, Schiff said the U.S. dollar could fall 50 to 70% in value because of the massive federal deficit and the build-up and printing of money for the Federal Reserve. Now, right now, I'm still trying to figure out what he means 50 to 70 percent. I'm still trying to figure out right now, this dollar bill only worth 32 percent, 32 cents. And it can drop 50 to 70% of 32%? Saints, could you see what's happening? 
is not about making a living. It's about making a life. See, and as I close, I want to give you a few things how to survive what is about to happen. Number one, return a faithful tithe and offering. Why? Because the Bible says you're cursed with a curse. That's a double whammy. Another thing that I have discovered because I get the same complaint at my church. Well, Pastor, I send my money to the independent ministries. The Bible says bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. Herewith said the Lord of hosts. He said, if you do that, I will keep the devour from your property, from your life, and from devouring you. Independent ministers can never be a storehouse. I know I won't come back no more as I get to tell you about this one. Hello, walls. Amen, walls. Uh, uh, but anyway, there is no way possible. You know, your conference is suffering from what my conference is suffering for. When the money don't go to the storehouse, to the conference house, you have laid off pastors. Say it again. Amen? All right. And that's why you got one pastor got three, four, five churches because the money is not being sent to the right place. Don't worry about what the conference is doing. Well, I don't like what the conference is doing. So what? God don't like what you are doing. It's a shame where one pastor have to pastor more than one church. And I read a passage in Selected Message, Book 6. It says this, not Selected Message, Testimony, Volume 6. It says this, if God people would give as they should give, there will be no want in the church. Is there a want in this church? Yes. In every church, there's a want. One for new members? Because nobody would get up and go get them? It's mighty quiet up in here. Number two. Matthew 6.33 says what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all in all, that I need to say nothing else. In all, all your necessities, your needs, and sometimes your wants will be supplied. But we're seeking anything and everything but the kingdom of God. If you want to survive, you got to return a faithful tithe and offering. Not a tip. 
I had one member in my church put $1,500 in the plate for tithe and then put $5 for offering. Monday morning, I pulled right up to this person's house. I said, what happened to the rest? Something happened. The Lord blessed you with $1,500 to put in tithe. And you gave him $5 in offering. That's how much you love him. Your offering is your expression of your love for God. If you love him, you'll give it up. And guess what? The more you give, the more you get. See, when you put your little shovel in, God bring his dump truck. Boom. You can't beat God giving. Amen. And amen. I'm going to touch on a nerve. See, when people seek the kingdom of God first, they come to Sabbath school. See, because they get, they get so, so built up and they get so filled up during the week reading that Sabbath school lesson, they raise the church to be able to expound on the Sabbath school lesson on Sabbath. But most of us sleep in. But we don't sleep in on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays. We get up and we face that job. We put God on the back burner, back burner. I'll get that when I can. Wow. Hello, pews. Sabbath school is a church I studied. In my church, I go to Sabbath school. That's why I came in today. I had been to Sabbath school at my church before I came over here. Amen. Sabbath school make you strong. You get a chance to give your viewpoints and share what God has shared with you in Sabbath school. Amen? You want all the loaf. You don't want a part of the loaf. Amen? If you and I are going to survive what is coming down the pike, we got to come up on higher grounds. How many agree with me? This haphazard stuff, this lackadaisical stuff, is not going to make it. Every one of us in here, including myself, need to improve. Carl Porter Ministry says this. She said we should be improving daily in habits, in spirit, and in labor. Daily. And if we're not improving, we're not progressing, we're degressing. We're going backwards. There's no neutral ground. Number three. Get out debt. Get out 
of death. Wow. Wendis, can I get a shout out, Wendis over there? Amen, Wendis. Now, 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 let's be let's get real now for the for the, my, my next few minutes. Let's get real. We're in so much debt, we can't support the church. Hello. You know, they made me a deal. I got a thing in the mail this week. I got, an I got an iPhone 5. I can have a 10. But a 5 is doing me well. Why do I need a 10? My wife got an iPhone 4. Who don't you know? The 5 is doing everything a 10 would do, so why get a 10? They offered me $300 if you go to a 10. What am I going to get a 10 for? At least my phone that I have now is paid for. It's mine's. Hello. Get out debt. Because the borrower is slave to the lender. Amen. 30 days come quick. I have a car outside there. Eight years old. 274,000 miles. I put some new tires on it. My wife said, ooh, this thing right good. Yes, it does. I'm not thinking about a new car. I'm going to run it until it won't run anymore. Amen? Because I'm not looking for another car. I'm looking for some wings that sprout up out of here. Amen? I wish I could tell you a little secret about how to get out of debt, but I, I don't want to indulge you that way. Uh, the fourth thing. The fourth thing. The fourth thing. Fourth thing. Fall in love with Jesus that you can love God's people. That's how you're going to survive. So you got more mean people in church than you got people in the streets. See, the thing that really bothers me is that people claim to know truth, believe in truth. Truth make you nice, make you kind, make you gentle, make you patient. Make you lovable and loving. Truth don't make you telling people off, biting people head off, telling them a piece of your mind, and you ain't got no mind to start with. The Bible says this in Philippians two five: Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So evidently, you don't have a mind. If you gotta let that mind be in you. That means you have to lose your mind to get that mind. Amen. Thanks to God. We are in the finals. This world is about to explode. It is about to explode. Explode. Every sign, every indication 
tells us that we're in the omega apostasy. Hello. And prophecy is being fulfilled every day of our Every day. I would like to share with you, but at another time, there was an executive order signed not too long ago, about two, four, about four weeks ago, one of the last executive orders that was signed about implementing some new things in homeland security, which sets the stage for the Sunday blue law. Wish I had time to unravel that. But there's some stuff in there that we are on the verge. On the verge of a collapse. So as I close, when your money fell, would you be prepared? Would you be ready? You got today and tomorrow to get ready. But you need to get ready. Amen? Don't let this message go in one ear and come out the other, me- other, out the, out the other ear. I did not want to preach this message because I might upset somebody. I had something else in mind. The Lord said, no, this is the one. This is the one. I want to preach on the ten versions. That's what I wanted to preach on. He said, no, 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 no. Did this one. I said, but Lord, I don't want to go there my second time rebuking people. He said, no, no. Don't preach that one, son. Preach this one. I don't know why. But I just follow, I'm just following orders. I'm just a mailman. I didn't write the letter. Amen. How many want to be ready when Jesus comes? How many want to be ready when the crisis comes? The crisis is coming. If you, if you want to be ready, stand to your feet with me, please. Father, we're standing to our feet saying, Lord, we know something's going to happen, and something's going to happen real soon. And we don't want to be caught in the crosshairs. We want to be on the right side, on the side with Jesus. We ask and pray that you will shake us up, but don't shake us out. Take us out of our lazy boys, our comfort zone, and cause us to get real and get right with you. Give us an appetite for spiritual things. Give us a hunger and a thirst and a longing for the noted things of God. And to be a part of the things of God. And one day be with him when he comes. Get us ready. Get us right. And Lord, please bless this church to grow as never before. Give them what they need. They need, I need a closer walk with Jesus. Your life would be in vain. Your, your living and dying would be in vain if we miss heaven. You would miss us for an eternity. You created us for your glory. Lord, cause us not to miss out on the greatest event 
of going to heaven with you when you come. Seal us, fix us, fill us, stabilize us, root and ground us, anchor us, and keep us in Jesus' name.